Welcome back. On this episode of Deeper Life, Pastor Stephen shares about surrendering to his will. Listen and be blessed. You deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we lift your holy name. You deserve the glory. and the honor Lord we lift our hands in worship as we bless your holy name for you are great you do miracles so great there is no one else like you there is no one else like you for you are great you do miracles so great there is no one else like you or amarandoro boshira barada there is no one else like you you deserve the glory and the honor Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we bless your holy name. You deserve the glory and the honor. Hallelujah, Lord. We lift our hands in worship as we bless your holy name. For you are no one else like you there is no one else like you for you are great you do miracles so great there is no one else like you there is no one else like you Worship you Jesus. Precious God, we worship you. You are awesome in this place. Mighty God. You are awesome in this place. Abba Father. You are worthy of our praise To you our lives we raise You are awesome in this place Mighty God You are awesome in this place Mighty God You are awesome in this place Abba Father You are worthy of our praise To you our lives we raise You are awesome in this place My 
In this place May my heart Be the temple Of your spirit May my spirit Feel the warmth Of your grace Let me be a holy habitation where your spirit is pleased to dwell. May my heart be the temple, the temple of your spirit. May my spirit feel the warmth of your embrace. Let me be a holy habitation where your spirit is pleased to To know 
your glory oh, I want to, to offer a sacrifice of praise fill this temple Lord with your spirit once again Lord prepare be a sanctuary pure and holy tried and true with thanksgiving I'll be a living sanctuary for you Lord prepare me to be a sanctuary pure and holy right and true with thanksgiving I'll be a living sanctuary for you. Jehovah is your name Jehovah is the name your name Jehovah is your name Jehovah Your name, mighty warrior, great in battle, Jehovah is your name. Your name, my 
Father, we worship you tonight. Thank you for your word tonight, Lord. The word that transforms us. The word that changes us. That revives us, refreshes us. Pray, O oh God, even this evening, you'll pour out your spirit upon us. The word says, that the entrance of your word brings light. I thank you that light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot comprehend it. I thank you that the world cannot comprehend what you are doing in each one of our lives. Father, it's beyond our understanding and thoughts. It's a deep spiritual act by our Heavenly Father deep in the inside of us. And tonight, as we Lord look into your word we ask for an open heaven over our lives thank you that you are our healer our deliverer the one who walks before us the one who makes every crooked path straight you're the lord our shepherd you lead us in paths of righteousness for your name's sake beside the still waters in green pastures down the valley up the mountain through challenges, struggles, difficulties, and yet in victory because of who you are in us. And tonight I pray, Holy Spirit, that 2022 will be a glorious year for every one of us. Father, you've promised us 
that this will be a year of glory. Father, we thank you. The word says in Isaiah 60, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Thank you today, God, that we're not dependent on anything around us, anything around in the world. We're not dependent on, Lord, worldly activities, dark things, difficult things around us, but we are dependent on you the author and finisher of, the, of our faith, the one who said to us, speak to your mountain and the mountain will move. The one who said to us, we must walk by faith and not by sight. I will thank you, God. The word says, he that is in us is greater than he that is in the world. Thank you that, Lord, we serve your kingdom. The kingdom of God is greater than all the kingdoms of the world. It is an eternal kingdom, our eternal home, the place that we will be with you in heaven forever and ever. And God, we thank you today that, Lord, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Word says in Isaiah 55 and verse 11, your word sent from you will never return unto us void, but it will accomplish the purpose for which it is sent. And I thank you for words over our life, words from heaven, words from the mouth of God, words from the heart of God. Oh, we thank you, the plans of God over our lives. They will not return unto us void, return back to you void, but it will accomplish what it has been sent for. Thank you for prophetic words spoken over our lives. Thank you for God's great dreams over our lives. Thank you for what you have, Lord, said to us over the years. And we thank you, God, today that we hold on to them we are not living under any other rule or reign, uh, a God that can control us, but we are led by the Spirit of God. We thank you for sonship. The word says, those that are led by the Spirit of God are called the sons of God. Thank you that, Lord, we can be sons and daughters of the living God. Thank you, Father God. We worship you, worship you, worship you. We worship you. Thank you that you make a way where there seems to be no way. Thank you because your word says you are the door and the door that you open, no man shall shut. Thank you. You said in your word, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father but by you. So we thank you that when we hold on to you, we can surely come to the Father. You said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. You said in your word, I and the Father are one. Thank you that, Lord, we uh, teach us to be one as you are one. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We thank you for that divine unity and that divine authority and the divine power that is by the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And today, God, we worship one God manifested to us as Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, I pray, O oh God, even in this year, that, Lord, we will walk in the power and in the revelation that comes from you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we ask that we will make God's will the highest priority in our lives. These are days that we need to know your will and walk in your will. Thank you, God. Speak to us today into the depths of our being and Holy Spirit manifest your word over our lives. In Jesus' mighty name. I believe today 
more than ever before that we we learn to submit to God, yield ourselves to God. Uh, something amazing about the cross is the cross is not only reminds us of a symbol of God's work of salvation, but it is also a symbol of what we need to carry with us every day. You know, the act of Christ upon the cross is a reflection of what is required of you and me today. Jesus laid his life down so that you and I can have a life to live. And it is very important that you and I uh, have this life, you know, this God-given life to live, and that comes by uh, being crucified um, with Christ. In Galatians uh, chapter 2, Paul writes, I am crucified with Christ. It's uh, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. He says, the life I now live, I live by the faith in the Son of God. You know, uh, it's very important that we understand that um, uh, the cross brings salvation. The cross is something that is heavy, that we need to bear, and that we need to carry. Jesus said in Luke chapter 9, if you read from verse 23, he said, um, if any man wills, desires to follow me, he said, let him deny himself. One of the first um, acts that um, need to be a part of our life is walking in denial of our own personal ambitions, plans, and purposes. If we need to walk with God, if we need to follow God, if we need to surrender to the will of God, it's very important that we are in a place where we surrender to the will of God. You know, many times we, we, uh, we talk about it, we think about it, we, um, uh, you know, we feel we are doing it, but many times, you know, we lack the power therein because still the world has an active part in our lives. And if you want to walk in the fullness and in the power of the Holy Spirit, then the world needs to die. The things of the world needs to die. Um, the ways of the world needs to die. The thinking of the world needs to die. We have to put on the Lord Jesus Christ that we may make pro no provision for the flesh. And tonight I don't say this because I have accomplished, but I'm saying what I'm learning and what God has been speaking to me, the, the more and more I walk with, uh, with him. One of the things that I hear more over my own personal life than anything else is... Um, God's voice over my life to give up um, worldly pleasures, to give up, um, you know, things uh, that bring small pleasures so that I can walk in the strength and in the power of eternal pleasures um, without being humble. You know, many of us know the scripture, Second Chronicles 7 and verse 14, um, where God said, if my people called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. You know, the first step is humility, willingness 
to surrender. Willingness to trust God. Surrender is basically the, uh, the um, willingness to trust God and His sovereignty over our lives. Sometimes, you know, we also speak a lot about faith, our faith, 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 but we, we, um, there is no surrender, uh, then we're not walking really in faith. If we don't yield to the will of God, yield to His um, plan over our lives, we can speak a lot of things, we can be very spiritual by our words, uh, but you know, we cannot enter into God's perfect will for our lives. That world and the ways of the world need to die in us. One of the first things that happen uh, in Christian life when we come to the cross, um, when we first become a believer, is that urge in us to give up all earthly pleasures for eternal pleasure. But the challenges over the years, the world tries to keep, creep in, you know, having a form of godliness, Paul writes in 2 Timothy 3, and denying the power therein because you, in, instead of walking in the reality of the power of God, the form of the power of God begins to take over. Many times, you know, um, the, we try to follow the moves and the, and the, and the motions uh, of even revival when we have not walked in the essence of revival. Revival is, is not just the, the feelings and the emotions that we go through, which is also needed, but it is not only that, it is the lifestyle that comes because of God's Spirit over us. You know, that's very important. Um, we can talk about the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit, but if our character is not affected by the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit, then, you know, it is only the motions of revival and the motions of religion that we pass through over and over again, but there is no fruit. Uh, you know, if you remember Isaiah 5, uh, you know, God speaking to the children of Israel says, you know, I, um, I had a vineyard and, you know, I dug, uh, it's, uh, you know, I dug the place and I put a, you know, God speaking about putting a place and making uh, the, the wine and everything. And then it's beautiful. I think it's verse five or six where he says, when I expected it to give forth good fruit, why is it that it gave forth bitter fruit? You know, Why? You know, um, I have done so much. I have dug the, the, the ground. I have uh, put a vineyard. I have, uh, you know, put a wine press. And uh, I have done everything. And then God says, after all that I have done, which is basically talking about the vineyard and the wine press is basically talking about the precious presence and the glory of God. It's talking about an outflow. It's talking about something glorious God doing in the midst of us. That's what it is, you know. Something glorious. Let me just read it to you because it's a very uh, powerful portion of scripture. Isaiah chapter 5. Um, very interestingly, you know, God speaks to the children of Israel and said, For let me sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved regarding his vineyard. You know, my well-beloved has a vineyard on a very fruitful hill. God is talking about his own people living in a, in a glorious place. He's basically talking about people who have been touched by him, people who have been blessed, people who have, you know, have, have experienced, uh, you know, the goodness of God. You know, he says, a well-beloved, my well-beloved has a vineyard on a very fruitful hill. 
You know, he's saying you are sitting in a place of glorious things that can happen in your life. And then he says, I dug it up, cleared out its stones, and planted it with choicest vine. Meaning, you know, he says, uh, you know, I have cleaned, I cleaned your life, um, you know, and cleared all the hardness in your life. You know, I took away hard things. I took away stones. I took away, uh, you know, hidden things, things that were under the soil that was not good for the plant. I took it away. You know, God is talking about how productive God desired us to be, that he did something to the very roots uh, of our being. He went under the soil uh, and did changes so that we will be very fruitful, you know. And then he goes on to say, uh, he also made a wine press in it. So he expected it to bring forth good grapes, but it brought forth wild grapes. What more, verse 4, what more could have been done to my vineyard that I have not done to it? Why then when I expect it to bring forth good grapes, did it bring forth wild grapes? You know, God is saying there's an expectation. God says, I expect something out of your life. I paid a price for you. I touched your life. I changed your life. I poured my spirit upon you. I have... Uh, brought you into a fruitful place. I have released you under the anointing. I have given you gifts. I've given you talents. I've given you abilities. I've done so much for you. And God says, I expect something. You know, church, as we come into the last of the last days, one of the greatest, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 reasoning of walking with God is to understand what God is expecting from us. What is God expecting from us? Sometimes, you know, we are, uh, you know, uh, see, the Bible says, you know, without knowledge, people perish. Where there is no vision, people perish. You know, if, if our eyes are not on the vision, what is this vision? This vision is God's great plan and purpose over our lives. What is the vision of God? The, what is the vision? The vision is God's purpose over our lives. In Romans chapter 8, Paul writes, uh, you know, 28, 29, 30, you know, all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. And he says, for whom he uh, foreknew, he predestined. Whom he predestined, he called. Whom he called, he justified. Whom he justified, he glorified. So, he, you know, Paul is writing about there is already a foreknowledge about your life. David writes about it. Lord, you saw me in my unformed state. Jeremiah chapter 1, you know, God called him even before the foundations of the earth. The calling of God is always before the foundation of the earth. God has a plan for your life and my life. And then, whom he foreknew, he called. So if there is a calling upon your life, it is because there's already a plan over your life. If there is, if you know that God is doing something in your life, it's because there's already something else that has been pl planned in your life. How do I step into this is when I yield myself, when I surrender myself, when I, I die to myself. I'm crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, Paul says. No longer. It's not about what I want to accomplish. It's not about what I want to do. It's not about what I think. It's about yielding. In 2 in, in Chronicles 7, uh, you know, God says, Humble, pray, seek my face, turn, he says. 
Who are these people? He says, my people called by my name. Called. That calling. Those who are called. He's saying to the ones who called, there must be a turnaround. Turn. Then God says, forgiveness will come. Healing will come. Restoration will come. The land you dwell in will change. He says, productivity will happen in your life. You will begin to simply step into those glorious things that God has already planned in your life. One of the things over my own personal life is as I begin to walk with God, I begin to understand that my life is not about what I think, it's about what He has already planned. Sometimes, you know, we're trying to reach things uh, you know, uh, because we think that is what God wants when we don't walk by, by humility and surrender where God can move us where he wants us to be. If you want to be an evangelist when God wants you to be a pastor, you can run and run and run like an evangelist, but you will never be as effective as you are as a pastor because God called you to be a pastor. God had called you to be an evangelist, and if you want to be a pastor, you will never be totally effective till you walk in, in the calling of an evangelist. When, if, you're, if you're not on the streets, sometimes we follow other ministries. We follow other men of God. It's good to, I'm not saying don't follow. You can be inspired by other people. You can be inspired by other ministries, inspired by great men and women of God. But you need to come to that place of Christian maturity where you begin to say, God, what is it that you have over my life? What is it about my life? And how do I come to a place where you can build and make me what you have made me to be? I'm talking to you what God has been speaking to me. The more I move forward, the more I begin to understand that I need him to reveal to me. It's not head knowledge, it's heart knowledge. I need to come to that place where God can release me. I walk in the favor of God. I walk in divine appointments. I walk in divine moments. I cannot create them. They fall over me. I cannot create a divine uh, you know, moment in my life. I cannot create a divine plan to happen over my life. I cannot make things happen that God has spoken to me. Come on, church, are you with me? I cannot make things happen that God has prophesied over my life. I cannot make it happen. He needs to make it happen. For that, I need him. I need him. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. Do not love the world or the things in the world. Look at that word. Do not love the world or the things that are in the world. The world has a voice. The world has things. The world will speak to you. The world has information to give you. The world, 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 world has something to tell you all the time. John says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, 
The love of the father is not in him. He says, if, if you are driven or if you are attached or if you are plugged to the world, then you are unplugged from the father. Because this love and that love don't match with each other. For all that is in the world, the lust of the, of the flesh, you know, my, the flesh is our body and our soul put together. It's our mind, will and emotions. The, the mind is lusting because it wants to know and understand everything. Will, we, you know, I want to become this. I want to do this. I want to achieve this. You know, this, this driving force to be seen and heard and recognized and my voice over the voice of everybody else. Emotions. Oh, so quickly we feel a, a hype one day and, and flat on the other day. Mind, will, emotions, and our body. All that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, what we see, what we see does something inside of us. And the pride of life, we don't speak it with our mouth, but we look down on other people. We say one thing, but our reaction is another thing from our heart. It's not of the Father, but it is of the world. And then John writes, the world is passing away. I want you to know, church, what is around you is moving on. Everything is passing by. The world and the issues of the world, they pass you by. They pass you by. It's happening. The, the happenings of the world are happening and happening and happening and they're going on. But John writes, the world is passing by and the lust of it is also passing by. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Come on, are you with me? Who He who does the will of God. What is the will of God? A place where you know this is where I can be. This is what I can do. This is what I am allowed to do. This is the path that God has for me. And this is the road I must walk. It's not the road that everybody can walk. In 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 12, Paul writes, all things are lawful to me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful to me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Control. There are many things that we can talk because everybody talks. Sometimes we talk because other Christians are talking. Sometimes we, 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 we make statements because other Christians are making statements. So we all should also make a statement. No. Maybe it's okay for them to do that. Maybe it's not okay for us to do that. What may be okay for someone else to do, Paul says it's not okay for me to do. Need not be okay for me to do. People live in different realms of walking with God. You need to know in which realm you're walking with God. And if you associate yourself with something else, that's not really 
really, if it's a very immature thing that people are walking into, and if you have, maybe God has moved you somewhere else in your walk with God, if you come back there, you lose it. You lose it. The, to Moses, God said, strike the rock, and the water came. The next time he said, speak to the rock. Come on. He knew striking, you know, hitting. He could feel the hit. And he knew water would come. He knew the staff that he had in his hand was something that God gave him. You know, at the burning bush. He knew that it would be something that would stay with him. He knew it was, it was a, a strength for him. He knew that it was, it was a sign of God's great power and anointing. And he knew when he took that and hit it, he knew water will come. He knew there was something that he was holding on to. God took him to another realm and he said, just open your mouth and speak, he said. Speak. He went down. If you want to walk in the glorious revelation of who God is over your life and the will of God, we need to submit. Submit. Surrender. Will of God. Will of God. Church, the primary thing that God is looking for in every one of us as we come to the last days, we're in a new year. The one thing that's more important than every other thing is walking in the will of God. Walking in the will of God. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, Paul writes, I beseech you, brethren, I beg of you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you lay your life as a living sacrifice. Let it go, he says. Lay your life as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable act of worship. He says, true worship is when you have surrendered to God. True worship is when you have bowed down to God and let go of your own passions and desires and longings. Then he says, do not be confirmed. Do not be confirmed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He says, don't get into the system the, the way things are, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may know, that you may know what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. You know, if you want to know what is the good, what is the right thing to do, which is the acceptable will of God and the perfect will of God, then God says, do not confirm. You know, lay, Paul writes, lay your life as a living sacrifice. I'm just reminded of a few scriptures that I'm, um, I'm saying tonight just to, just to encourage you. Matthew chapter 7, you know, um, Paul, uh, Jesus talking about, um, you know, um, about deception. He says in verse 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord. You know, it's a very, very, um, very strong word from Jesus, you know. Uh, we all say, Lord, Lord, all the time, including me. 
Say, Lord, 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 all the time. Lord, Lord, Lord. And Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Cast out demons in your name. And done many wonders in your name. Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. What is it he says? Um, he says, you may be casting out demons, healing the sick, walking in signs and wonders. But if you practice that which is not right, then you cannot walk in the will of God. It's just amazing. You know, it's a very powerful scripture that Jesus uses um, about the importance of walking in the will of God. Importance. Importance of knowing and walking in the will of God. You see, my dear brother and sister, it's very important today that we ask God, Lord, what is it? 2022, what is it you want from me? Where do you want me to be? What are things that are required of me? What are things that are required of me? In 1 Thessalonians and chapter 5. Paul writes from verse 16. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. He said in everything. Give thanks. Give thanks. Let there be a heart of thankfulness in everything, praying all the time. And Paul says, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. This is what God is wanting you. This is what God wants you to rejoice. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. One Thessalonians 4, in verse 3 he says, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. He's talking about a way of living. Paul says to the church at Thessalonica, there's a way you keep yourself. There's a way you keep your life. There's a way you, 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 you possess your own vessel. You, you are in, you know, possessing is, 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 is control. Paul says, there's a way you control your own body. Your own, you control your own mouth. You control your own actions. You control your own lifestyle. You come to a place in your life where you have, uh, you know, you bring yourself to that place where you possess your own vessel. See, the, 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 the difference is this. If we are not in control of our life, then something else is in control. If we don't allow God the Holy Spirit to be in control of our life, that's when we can be in control. If, we, we, if God is not in control of our life, then something else is in control. Something else. You know, sometimes 
quick to snap. You hear something, you react immediately. Because there's no control. Lack of control. Sometimes, you know, we are quick to pass a judgment, even, even without even thinking sometimes. How many times we say something and think, why did I say like this? How many times do we do something and think, why did I do it? That's because what you, do, what you and I do uh, in situations like that are things that we do without our control. And if we have, okay, we, all of us can do that. But if uh, uh, once in a while and, and, you know, come back to God and say, God, forgive me. But, but if that becomes a lifestyle, that becomes a way of life, then it's very important to understand that something else is controlling you. And what is it? How many times anger controls our life? We get angry because we have no control. We don't want to be angry, but it comes out. Sometimes words snap. Some people, if you watch, they will snap with their words very quickly because they have no control. Some people can't say sorry because, you know, they think, oh, I cannot, you know, what will, you know, then I'm not standing up to what I say. No, no. Forgiveness, repentance is a part of Christian life. Humility is a part of Christian life. Surrender is a part of Christian life. Accepting your fault is part of Christian life. Accepting that you have done something wrong is part of Christian life. The will of God. The will of God. I want to tell you this, this evening, above everything, the greatest need of our lives today is to stand in the center of God's call and purpose over our lives. And I say this from the depths of my heart as I begin to I know the Lord is coming soon, you know, with the things that are happening around us. And, uh, you know, we are, we are a generation that's preparing for His coming. I don't know when He's coming. Um, the Bible says Jesus Himself is only the Father. Jesus said it's only the Father who knows when, uh, when He will come. So, you know, um, uh, but we can see the signs. We can discern the seasons. And, um, you know, we know He's coming soon. But the point is this. Um, our life will pass by. You know, Jesus said, you know, this life will pass by. The Bible says this world, uh, John writes the world and the things of the world will pass by. It will just pass by. And it's passing by. You know, 19 went by, 20 went by, 21 went by. Now we're in 22. The last two years just went like that. You know, many of us experienced lockdowns and and because of this pandemic and so many things we experience. And they just pass by, you know. It looked like long days, but it was short days. It looked like, uh, you know, um, many days we stayed back at home and worked from home, but it just passed by. It just went by so quickly. Just moved by so quickly. 21, 22 now. It'll go by. 22 will just pass by. We're already almost a week into the first year. Before we know, it'll be the end of this month. Days are passing by. But what do I want to do with my own life? What is it I want to 
to, to stand with at the end of my day. One day when I'm ready to meet my maker, what is it I want to turn back and look at my own life and say? And if we are not, if we, if we are not serious about our life today, when are we going to be serious about it? We are where we are today because of decisions we've made in the past, good and bad. But where we will be tomorrow is because of what we decide today. How we want to bring our lives before God. And I say this to you with a lot of humility because it's something that God has been speaking to me about my own life. How much more He wants me. How much more I must be found in the center of His will. How much more I need to hear Him. How much more my days need to be God days. So sometimes I'm even telling God, Lord, one day at a time, just let me walk with you. Let me walk with you. Let my yes be a yes when you ask for an yes. Let my no be a no when you say a no. When you run, let me run. When you walk, let me walk. When you stand, teach me to stand. When you're sitting down, teach me to sit down. Teach me to be with you. Jesus said in his word, where I am, my servant will be. That's the secret. Where I am. Moses asked the Lord, he said, Lord, show me your glory. You know what the Lord said? He said, come up to the mountain. And that's the call of God for us tonight. If you want to see God, if you want to know God, if you want to know his will, come up to the mountain. You've got to climb up from where you are. So I want to encourage you, my dear brother and sister today, you say to the Lord, Lord, I seek your will for this year over my life. Your will, Lord, let it manifest over my life. Um, uh, I remember my cousin, Vizu, uh, many, many years ago. I still remember. Uh, sometimes, you know, some things in my life, I just, it's like a picture. Picture. I still uh, remember sitting behind him in a scooter many years ago in India, uh, driving somewhere, you know, I was driving, I, I, I can even remember, you know, in uh, Kilpak Garden, you know, past the cemetery and we were talking and then, you know, I, re I, I, rem I remember Visu telling me, Steve, the most important thing in your life is to know God's will for you. I was a young boy. Visu is five years older than me. He's uh, my cousin, but he's also uh, been a mentor, a friend, uh, somebody who stood with me throughout my life and uh, just one of the greatest blessings of my life. I still remember Visu telling me. He said, Steve, I don't know what you will do. I don't know whether you'll fast or you'll roll on the floor or you will cry to God or you'll do what, what just go before him and find out God's will for your life. He said, God may not show you the entire picture, but he will surely show you one step. He will surely begin to speak into you. Then he said, when God begins to speak into you, align your life to that, he said. Bring your life to what he tells you. And live for it, he said. 
I remember years ago, um, my earlier years, I was in the Methodist church and Dr. Sam Kamalaisen, uh, I was a little boy when he was a, the pastor of the church. And then he, he went to the US, he, uh, he was a leader in world vision and you know, he was traveling around the world and preaching, one of the greatest preachers I have heard. Um, and when he came to India, sometimes he came home, uh, rarely, but he came home for a dinner. Uh, he loved my, my father and mom, my mother, and like he loved many other people. I still remember one night he came to our home and had dinner with us. And, you know, I've never seen him as a prophet or anything. But when he walked out that evening, I still remember him stepping out of the door of our house. He turned back and he looked at me and he said, Steve, when it comes to your marriage, be very careful of whom you decide because of God's call upon you, he said. I've never seen him as a man. It was like a prophetic word that came out of his mouth deep into my heart. I could never forget it. There was an old lady called Annie Johnson. I don't know if anyone from South India remembers her. Many, many years ago, she lived in a little slum just near, uh, you know, Medavakam Tank Road. Mighty woman of God, tremendous anointing. Simple old lady. Still remember her one day when she was at home, looked at me and said, Steve, this is what I saw while I was praying for you. And then she said, I said to the Lord, who is this man? Who is this man? There are thousands. Who is this man standing on that place, declaring the word of God? And she looked at me and said, Steve, do you know it was you? And then she looked at me and she said, be careful with your life. Be careful with your life. She said, Ranika, 2008, I was leaving to South Africa. She came home. Was praying for my dad and mom and suddenly she began to prophesy. She so, said to me, Steve, your life will be about Europe. God will take you out of India. You will live in Europe. She began to speak to me about Europe at a time when I have never been to Europe. The only Europe I knew was four days in a hotel with, with my friend Mahbub in, in, in Leicester in England. That's all I knew. I've never ever been to England, uh, to, to, to Europe. Call, 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 call. Pastor Clinton spoke year after year into my life. So many people, I want to tell you something. God raises voices. Many times in my own personal life, God would speak to me and tell me things that are about to come. Things that will happen three months from now, six months from now. Just tell me. Last year, I was in a meeting and he said, within three months, you will see this in your own church. He said, I was so shocked. I said, what? I said, Lord. He said, three months, you will see it. He said, and within three months, I saw what he said to me. It was July of last year. I want to tell you something, my friend. We live in the last of the last days. And this I say not because of myself. I'm just telling it as a testimony. I know God has spoken to every one of you. Many of you have heard the voice of God. You have heard prophetic words over your life. Bring yourself under that call, under the will of God. Bring yourself under God's great purpose over your life. 
surrender to God and tell the Lord, Lord, here I am. Heal my life to you. I want to tell you something. He'll pick up your life. He will bless your life. He will make your life a blessing to thousands upon thousands. Do you close your eyes? Father, we thank you tonight. I don't stand here because I'm worthy of it, Lord. I stand here because of your mercy and grace. Today, God, I stand for every person bowed in your presence. Heaven's dream, heaven's purpose, heaven's call, let it be manifest over us, even in this year. Father, I pray in Jesus' mighty name that, Lord, we will walk in miracles, we'll walk in signs, we'll walk in wonders, we'll walk under the realm of glory and the mighty unction of the Holy Spirit. Guard eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to walk with you. Take away from us what is not of you and keep in us what you have prepared. Lord, take away deception. Show us what we are being deceived with things around us. Keep us in the center of your will. Pray for every head bowed in your presence that this year will be a year of blessing, glory, honor, healing, deliverance, breakthroughs. People, Lord, your people, walk with you like never before. Experience the power and the glory of God like never before. And Lord, we want to say to you, for all that you will do with our lives, we vow to give you the glory. And all God's people say, Amen. This broadcast is from Transforming Nations for Jesus. If you would like to get in touch with us, please write to us at transformingnationsforjesus at gmail.com. Thank you for joining us. Be blessed.